we would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host, and I'm in the seat of the Millennium Falcon, drinking a cup of calf. Hello, David. Let me put away the Asha Ventress fan picks. The, the, the adult fan picks away. The fan fiction hologram. Yes. On the that's uh, on the the dark <laughs> the dark the dark the side. Dark holonet. Oh, I want to look at her dark side. Oh. I, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. If I was Count Duke, I'd be like, mm, you're my student and you're my girlfriend. <laughs> you're my girlfriend. <laughs> that's so wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Dave, I might have some problems talking today. I think I drank too much wine last night and I'm very dehydrated. <laughs> so I may I might suddenly start breaking into cough a uh, cough coughing fit. fits. Yeah. I swear it's not the hiv, it's just lack of hydration. I'm telling you we need the we need an actual back to tank permanently in the studio. Permanently in the for studio. For our wild lives we live. <laughs> Your wild lives, mine is just simple aging. <laughs> wow, Dave, you're an old man over there. Hey, adjust your pop filter. You're a little you're popping those peas again. How's that? Uh, well, give me a little popping test. Popping peas pleasantly. All Hello. right. Very good. I like it. Popping Ventress's peas. Oh, I would. Very that. pleasantly. All right. So this is Star Wars from the Back to Tank. If you want to get or receive live show notifications every time a Rayman Digital show is about to go live, you can now text RMD69 to 50597. That's RMD69 to 50597. And you will receive push notifications with a link that will allow you to listen to our show mobily. Or even if you're sitting wherever you're at, I'll go right to your phone. RMD six nine two five zero five nine seven. All right, Dave. So today we have a special show lined up. I mm, it's gonna be fun. We have a discussion planned on Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost Part One because we're only gonna cover the first two hours. Yeah, that's all we're gonna cover. The first two hours is just too much material. It's a six-hour radio play. And I think me and you would probably go eight hours with all the stuff that's going yeah, on. There's it. a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Now, we may continue the rest here on our live feed, or we might put it on Patreon for our Patreon subs. But if I hear enough people on our live feeds, you know, from Facebook, Twitter, I will gladly do a second breakdown on hours three and four on our free feed and then do maybe the third part on Patreon. We'll see. Either way, we'll definitely get through all of these discussions. I feel like we have to. We can't ignore any part of Dooku Jedi Lost because it's worthy of our discussion and worthy of everyone's attention. It is really worthy of it. I yeah. Mean, it, the 
this came flying under the radar on us because I remember me and you, the, when we first got this, no one was talking about it. Yeah. And then honestly, after listening to the entire thing, I'm like, like why isn't anyone talking about this? <laughs> they need more of this stuff for Star Wars. I want more. I want more, damn it. Yeah. Okay, so Dooku Jedi Lost is a canon audiobook written by Kevin Scott and narrated by a full cast. It follows Ventress, uh, and she delves deep into the past of Count Dooku and discovers why he chose to leave the Jedi Order. The audiobook was originally published on April 30th, 2019 by Random House Audio. So we are a bit behind, but, uh, you know, we got we got things to do. You know, we get busy with other Star Wars shows and content, things are constantly being thrown at us from the Star Wars front. The official synopsis, delve into the history of the sinister Count Dooku and this audio original set in a galaxy far, far away. Darth Tyrannus, or Tyrannus? Jesus Christ. What Tyrannus. Am I, what am I, a noob? What am I, a Star Wars noob? <laughs> I just fucked up his name twice. Well, you did You did get the disclaimer about the wine, so. That, that's true. Well, what, what, am I still drunk from like 15 hours ago? <laughs> I don't know. What am I, an infant? <laughs> I should be out of my system by now. Uh, Darth Tyrannus, Count of Sereno, leader of the Separatists, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice the hidden truth of the sith lord's past begins to come to light all right dave there was a lot of speculation about this audiobook amongst us here we had wondered how it would be produced in fact that's the first question i had when i heard about this audiobook will it be just like the usual run-of-the-mill audiobooks a little bit of music, a couple voice actors, but mostly just, you know, the narration, the reading part. Yeah. Or would this be a true radio play with all the bells and whistles that accompany it? Well, Dave, we can happily say that Dooku Jedi Lost is a fully produced radio dramatization. Full cast, sound design, score, the works. You push play, close your eyes, and you will be transported to that galaxy far, far away. Yes. I mean, it's a dream come true for someone like me, at least. I'm speaking just for myself right now, Dave. I don't know how you feel, but this is exactly what I wanted. Something reminiscent of the 1930s radio serials, much of which inspired Star Wars to begin with. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So it just felt right. It does. It does feel right. And it it's something that basically for me, because I grew, uh, I've grown up with Star Wars all my life. I used to remember the old audio plays of Star Wars back in that were released of the retelling of the original series. The one that the ones that were released, I believe, in 81, 83 and then 96. And then yeah. those were just wonderful. It wasn't just reading words on a page. Yeah. It, it was actually true acting. That was that we, you were You're talking about the the original trilogy, the original trilogy, the NPR audios, produced the yeah. NPR ones. Yeah, this kind of harkened to it. Now, yeah, the NPR ones were I still say were really great. And they it's were some of the super best. detailed. It's some of the best radio plays out there to this day. I don't care if you're a Star Wars fan or not. It's just one of the best. And I and I agree with you, Dave, because. I mean, it was just an overlord, an overload of nostalgia, you know, injected right into my veins uh, because it immediately took me back to a time in the early to mid 90s when, you know, Lucasfilm and uh, NPR put together the original radio adaptations. Yep. And I still remember, Dave, 
the the very first time I heard of these radio plays because people got to remember if you're a little bit younger than us, things are not how they are today. Yes, you don't get push notifications to your phone saying, "Hey, Lucasfilm to produce a radio dramatization." There really is no way for a 13 year old, 14 year old boy to know about a radio play being produced in the 90s. There just you there just have, wasn't. There just wasn't. So I remember because I used to listen to the NPR channel because I'm a nerd, obviously. Back in the when I was a kid, Dave, I was listening, I was listening to NPR. Uh, who does that? I was listening <laughs> to NPR. Jesus, it explains so much about my life. I was listening <laughs> to NPR at 11 o'clock at night because it played classical music, and I would play that to go to bed on certain nights. And I remember suddenly we disrupt our regular broadcast and it was like that British guy, you know, NPR always tries to be uppity. Oh yeah. And it's like a, a British guy that we, we disrupt our regular broadcast to bring you a special presentation. And all of a sudden the Star Wars song hits the main theme. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? I had no idea what was happening. And it was the empire strikes back. Radio play. That's what. That's the yep. first one I listened to, and it was the most popular. And dude, I quickly sought out every cassette because that's what it was. It was on cassettes. It was on cassettes that I could find. I mean, it was on vinyl, but they, they were way more expensive. And I also did the old thing, the thing that you that uh, us little kids, old men did back in the day. Um, old young men would just push a put a cassette in the in the in the in boombox and record it straight from the uh the broadcast and I took those things everywhere with me I mean and of course the the Lucasfilm and Highbridge audio versions as well which were based on the dark horse comic book titles Tales of the Jedi Tales of the Jedi and yeah. Tales of the Jedi I believe it was called the Sith War I believe is what the other one was called and Man, they were fully produced, original score, sound design. It was, you were listening to a movie. Yeah. It was a series. It was just like those 1930 serials. It was fantastic. So that's the the amount of sheer joy I felt when I was listening to this. It just, it just sent me back to that time. It was just so fantastic to see that Lucasfilm is, uh, to know that Lucasfilm is willing to do these types of things. And I'm hoping this did well. I don't have the projections in front of me right now in terms of sales, but I hope it did well for a lot of reasons. But number one, I would love to see them continue to do this type of stuff. Oh, same here. I want them. I, I was actually looking after I finished uh, listening to it. I was looking for news just to see, okay, what is the next thing that they're going to do? I want to actually yeah. get the next thing. And there hasn't been any announcements, but there's been a lot of people speculating that yeah, they're 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 going to continue it because they got to man. It it was received very well, and so with that with that positivity with that project, they basically said yeah, we're we are looking into continuing it, and there was like talk that they might continue with uh, Asha Ventress. Okay, uh, there was also talk that basically they might do a Obi Wan one. Interesting. That actually details Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon. God, I love this. And and especially because it's all canon now. Like back in the day, the uh, 
the um, high bridge audio versions and, you know, being based on Dark Horse Comics, it was loosely based on canon, but we already know how all that played out. But now that all of this is canon, we can really go to the material material and say, okay, what is it saying? That's why I love this new era of Star Wars, because everything we discuss, everything we review is it matters. It matters to the yes. bigger picture. And, and we're going to get into all of that because there's a lot of things that Kevin Scott did in this story in this radio play that just kicked open the world of Star Wars in a way that we haven't even got in the movies yet, in the new movies. It's fantastic. Now, it is a hybrid, this radio play. I wouldn't quite call it a radio play. It is a hybrid of the two mediums. Audiobook meets radio play. Yes, it is. There is narration. Yeah. It doesn't disrupt the flow because it's from the perspective of Ventress, though, at least. So even though there is narration, the reading part, it simply comes off as her thoughts. Yes. Like a book. And the narration is performed by the same actress, uh, Orloff uh, Cassidy, I believe is how you pronounce her name. The same actor that is playing the part of Ventress as well. So it it's... It's very it's a smooth transition from narration to when she's actually speaking. Yes, and I thought that that was really smart too because like the more I actually was listening to this, the more I realized that when we cut to Ventress, then it's the narration type of thing like the inner monologue and it feels like it's an audiobook. Right. But then when you actually cut to say insight onto Dooku's life. Right. There's no narration. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's like, an, it's, it's a, it's, it's like what you said. It's a hybrid. Well, and because they, we don't know. And it, it makes sense because we're not in Dooku's mind at that point. No, but how do they do it? It's pretty smart. How Kevin Scott did this because when we do shift to Dooku's story, he never changes the perspective because even though we're completely immersed in his past, it's a hollow net. Yes. It's a hollow video. It's a hollow video. It's a hollow video that Ventress is watching. So even though we suddenly transport into Dooku's life and the narration's gone, it doesn't, again, it doesn't throw you off. It doesn't throw off the listener because we get exactly what they're doing. It's very seamless. Kevin Scott, for not, I looked at his background. He's never really written a radio play before. So to do a cross between the, the genres and make this hybrid version, he did a really good job conveying a story in, in a very unique way that doesn't distract or pull you out of the story. Everything matters. The narration actually helps with the story. It doesn't feel like, hey, um, I know you guys probably don't understand this because you can't see it, so I'm going to talk it out for you. No, it feels Perfectly, And a lot of that probably has to do with the very good work that Orloff Cassidy did as the narrator and actress. I mean, she just did a fantastic job going from one to the other. And as she was narrating, she never lost her her persona as Ventress. Yes. And I think that was key because it came off as a, a, as a bit of an inner monologue. And because of that, that also helped with the consistency of the storytelling um, or the means that he chose to transport this story. And one of the key things, too, that actually made it really seamless was the fact that they mixed her monologuing with her pairing up with the voices in her head. And 
you know, not giving away to anything yeah, too soon. Yeah. yeah, don't give away anything. But the mm. way they actually performed that, it, it it didn't feel like an audiobook to me at all. Yeah. It felt like basically I was actually reading an audio uh, or reading. I was actually listening to an audio play. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. It worked for me. At first, I had some issues, not because it was bad, but it did take me a while to get used to that. The switch just because I had preferred to just have the voice acting tell the story. Mm-hmm. But this was a good way to really get into the mind of Ventress in a way that we have never really had the opportunity to do so before. And just going by the opening two hours alone, again, that's what we're sticking to in part one. Uh, you learn so much about her, her thought process, the way she felt slighted by her master and the shame she thought he felt about her because of not taking her to the Jedi temple. Yes. Suddenly you realize that this is a, a woman, a, a very powerful woman that is riddled with insecurity and trauma and, and trauma. trauma. Well, insecurity, it comes from the trauma, no doubt. I mean, it's just a great way to really crack open that shell. I mean, Ventress is a character we have all been drawn to ever since her introduction into uh, the Clone Wars TV series almost, what, 13 years ago now? It's scary, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's a character that's been – everyone constantly talks about how Ahsoka has stuck around with the fandom. Ventress has stuck around with the fandom too. There's a very strong fan base for that character. Yeah. Yeah, so – being able, you know, 13 plus years later, being able to really crack open that shell and get into the nitty gritty of what makes her tick, I felt like was a big reward for not just Star Wars fans, but specifically Ventress fans. Because if I haven't stated it before, I'm a huge, huge Ventress fan. I mean, she is an amazing character. She's not the typical um, Jedi slash dark side wielder slash Sith that we get. She's very complicated. She's a byproduct of the genius of Dave Filoni and Lucas working together. I mean, why we, in fact, we're doing discussions. We're going to get back to them now during the summertime, but we've been doing discussions on or planning discussions on um, Ahsoka, right? Yeah. Because she's a complicated character. But now you look at the other big character that a lot of fans have been drawn to Ventress. She's the same thing very very complicated is not superficial in the least and it's it goes in parallel with ahsoka too i mean if you look at the if you look at the story arc of both characters they're very similar but they're almost polar opposites of each other they're similar but polar opposite. Well, the, they're, they're, they're different the, sides of the spectrum. Different sides of the spectrum. I totally get what you're saying. I'm just trying to feed our listeners who yeah, love your add, sayings that you mess up. Add to the list. <laughs> but they're different sides of the spectrum because like – and the sad part is I've always felt that Ventress never got her due. I agree. She never got her due in Clone Wars. And yeah, she th- there was that fantastic book that they released that – uh, chronicled the final chapter of her life, but there's just something about that. We never were able to truly see that character's story arc. And at least in clone Wars. well, we got the book, we got the book. Yeah. And it's almost like, I feel, well, we do, we did it for Ahsoka and Ahsoka was able to transition into rebels Ventress was like the one that I'm like, man, why couldn't they just like do more with that character as well? Because 
that character was just as important in Clone Wars when you think about it. When it came to the entire series of Clone Wars, you had Ahsoka, Ventress, Rex. You had Obi-Wan, Anakin, Dooku, Maul toward the end. But at least all of them, except Ventress, had had a decent transition into a conclusion to their story arcs. I mean, you look at Rex. Rex... Rex has a decent closure to his story arc. It, we saw it in Rebels. Obi-Wan and Anakin, you can't say anything else. Dooku, Dooku had a decent ending to his story I, I don't arc. know. I feel like some of these, he did. He did. No, Dave. No, he didn't. Yeah. I'm not the Jedi. I should be. It was not the Jedi way. And then he just dies. <laughs> I, I feel like, it, again, it works for the movie. It's not, it doesn't signal any, it's not any red flags to say Revenge of the Sith with the shit movie. These characters were designed to be exactly how they were used in these movies. They weren't designed to have this this deep mythos. But because it's Star Wars, we can always go back. We and, can always go back and dig deeper. And as we dig deeper on Ventress and as we dig deeper on Dooku, you start to realize just how interesting they are. And I'm glad they did this with Dooku. And, yes. and we're going to switch it over to Dooku for a moment here as well, because he is in the title, not Ventress. <laughs> But but it's great how they did such a great balancing act because you learn so much about Dooku through Ventress's investigation. And because of that, we learn how she thinks yes. in a way that we've never been able to to know before. And you get inside the mind of these characters through various clever ways. I'm not going to spoil these things for people. I want people to go and listen. Um, but above all, Dave, there's one thing we harp on. In this new era of Star Wars, what is it, Dave? Where's the mythology? It's lacking mythology, except for what they did with Rebels, which was amazing. Dave Filoni really cracked open that shell as well when it yes. comes to the mythos of the Force. But for the most part, they've been pussyfooting around the mythology of the Force. Well, Kevin Scott decided to quit pussyfooting. And he delivered in a very, very big way. We were given four spirits, Sith artifacts, <laughs> yep. Sith artifacts that influence and manipulate causing visions, which was used to expand on the mythos of Count Dooku. Yes. Much of which was used to explain, used to explain how he was ultimately seduced to the dark side. I mean, Kevin developed Dooku in a way that I had hoped we had got years ago years ago years ago yeah because dooku's been one of those characters that's been he's a mystery mystery truly a uh, one of the coolest characters that is still mysterious to this day and the beautiful thing about it is kevin scott uses that mysterious kind of aura about dooku and makes it part of the story yeah and you're like going Maybe it's true what she's seeing. Maybe it's not. They're talking about a lot of mythological things. Like you brought up the Sith artifacts. Oh, my God. Please. I love it. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, when they were humming in that art in the uh, locked archive and like they were they were calling to Dooku. I'm like, oh, my God. Why can we not get this shit in a fucking movie, Dave? Or, Or like when they're they're explaining how Dooku is controlling the force. Yeah. And he's he uses it to unlock the unlock the lock. By using the force. It's like so mystical. Yeah. That that's what the force is. That's what the force is to us. It harkens back to 
uh, Empire Strikes Back when Yoda's talking about it. And at first, I was really worried that they might get hokey with it. You know, it might seem too hokey. Yeah. But the more they used it, the more I was, like, getting entranced, uh, like, enthralled by it. Especially when they talk about, like, backgrounds of the Sith and the Sith mythos behind all the artifacts, some of the creatures. Which we really needed that, especially with that I love the Sith bestiary. bestiary, bestiary, Because it was just, dude, it's just everything we've been needing in this new era. It's stuff that they have been shying away from since 2000 and what was it? 13? 13. And I know I'm complaining that it's only been six years, but I mean, fuck, six years, and we have not gotten the the thing that really draws me to Star Wars. And and yes, there's a lot of elements that draw me to Star Wars. And I know Star Wars isn't only about uh, the myth of the Force, but that's the big part. That's what this entire franchise has been built on is is the Force and the definition of the Force. All things are built on that very definition of what the Force is. Yeah, but otherwise why it doesn't are we, feel like a Star Wars story. Right. So why are we shying away from it? And and Kevin Scott did not shy away from it. He He put in so many elements that worked to move the story forward, the bigger picture. That's something we always talk about. How are you moving the bigger picture of Star Wars forward? Well, he did it. He did it, in, and we're just covering two hours right now. That's it, the opening two yes. hours. There's still another just four the two hours. There's still another four hours. So just what he did in the opening two hours is more than the last four movies combined did, in my opinion, Dave. Strange, isn't it? That, that's how I felt. That's truly how I felt. About midway through, I was listening. I'm like going, we've gotten more insight on the force and some of yeah. these characters that we've grown to love, including like Yoda. Yes, Dave. And characters gonna... like that, they, Kevin Scott was able to say, Hey, there's more to these characters than you guys know. Let's, let's, let's open the gates on that. And then I'm like, by midway, I'm like going, how is it that a radio play was able to give me more background than some of the movies we've seen? Yeah. You bring up Yoda, Dave, and in the opening two hours, that was some of my favorite as well. I just love that Yoda is always that permanent fixture in almost every story. He's he's so fucking old. <laughs> he's just there. He's always in the background. And you notice, even even in the stories, even the stories, he's portrayed as ancient. Yeah, well, they're making fun of the poor guy. I, I, I was a little upset <laughs> when they had that scene where uh, when Ventress was watching the holonet. Yeah. Uh, the hollow vid of uh, of Dooku's younger life and his stories. And they're making fun of Yoda for being fun of how he sounds. Yeah. And I'm like going, uh, they were making fun of how old he sounds and like how serious he sounds. I'm like, going, oh, my God. Yeah. Um. OK, so what they did with Yoda was pretty impactful in a big way and it meant a lot for the current narrative direction that the lucasfilm story group is taking star wars and this is something we've been talking about now since force awakens exploring the arrogance and i would even say ignorance of the jedi Creating that baseline, you know, several years ago, as I said, when Lucasfilm Story Group started their thing, it's found its way into a lot of books, comics, and even our movies, Dave. 
I mean, essentially, that's why Luke and The Last Jedi was so upset. Yes. That, hey, maybe it's time for the Jedi to end. There was a Sith Lord right under their nose. So continuing it here and reinforcing that narrative was great. It also, again, like I said, it feels consistent with everything else we have seen. For example, the Tarkin book, which I keep going back to that book because I felt like that book was fucking amazing. The amount of information that was in that book. Uh, The fact that the Jedi, and we talked about this on uh, a Patreon exclusive show. And if you guys want to hear our complete discussion and breakdown on that, you can go to patreon.com slash Rayman Digital and pledge. I believe it's $5 a month. And you gain access to all of our additional Star Wars from the back to tank discussions. And we do a complete thorough breakdown of that Tarkin book. But in that book, Dave, uh, we discussed in our review that it was sheer arrogance that the Jedi built the Jedi temple on Coruscant on top of a Sith temple. A Sith temple. And, yeah. and because of that, that's what influenced the Jedi and how it was able to to intertwine itself so tightly to the Jedi that it masked the rise of Palpatine. Well, that's why I thought it was genius when Kevin Scott alluded to the fact that they had an, uh, a hidden archive yes. to the Jedi Temple. And that's right. where they all keep the – all the, for some strange reason, the Jedis decided to say, you know, all those Sith artifacts, let's keep it all in one spot. Listen, Dave, it's not for <laughs> some strange reason. I mean history – will teach you. And that's another thing that I like about this. Kevin Scott using reality yes. for his story. I mean, there's a lot of empires and people in power that hide away stories, artifacts. I should say books, not stories, books, um, explanations of people's cultures. Why? Out of fear. Out of fear. Out yeah. of fear that people will learn about it and turn away from what the People in power want to indoctrinate you with, mm-hmm. so they don't want any other options. And that's why I thought it was brilliant to, to show when Dooku breaks into the art into the archive. It was brilliant to show what the other masters were like appalled by. It it sounded like Dooku did a really bad thing going into that archive. And I remember in the story, one of the characters I can't remember her name, but it was one of the Jedi masters was really hard on him and his friend yeah. for getting into the archive because she's like going, you shouldn't be touching that stuff. You shouldn't be going there. That That's a place of darkness. And it's like, but you guys are keeping it all secret down here and you guys are holding it. Why? Well, <laughs> well that's a question that they kind of pose because Yoda, you get the idea that Yoda's not quite sure what they should do with it. Should it be destroyed or should they learn from it? Yes. And that's why that whole that whole scenario that Kevin Scott created with Dooku and uh, Sifo Dyas breaking in as children into the Sith archive out of their curiosity. You have this other Jedi, a Jedi master, Lean, uh, Lena Castana. Castana, that's it. Just a fantastic character. And I mean, she might be one of my favorite characters as well in this story and how they use her. But in the opening two hours they they use Kastana and Yoda and that scenario breaking into the Sith archive as a way to explore the opposing views of the Jedi. Something that we didn't quite see in any of the movies. We've, we've covered them in books and people questioned 
what the Jedi are doing? Should we should we be involved in this war? That was the the immediate questions for those movies. But now we see that Kastana is questioning other things. Why are they locked away? Yeah, she's she's questioning what the Jedi are, as she put it. I remember her saying they're ignoring it. Yeah, and they shouldn't ignore it. She thinks that you should read it and learn about it so that they could prepare, so they can prepare for a Sith uprising. And Yoda didn't shut her down. Yeah. He didn't say, no, that's not wise. He questioned it. And he said, he didn't say she was wrong, but he didn't say his decision was wrong either. He was very, I I want to say he's a a philosopher about it. That's how Yoda is. And he says, well, you know, possibly your view is correct. It's very, it's very Buddhist. Yeah. Yoda, Yoda has always been, everyone's always said Yoda is a really complex character because He's neither he he neither chooses he he doesn't choose neither side almost. It's almost like he's just like what you said, constantly questioning either side. Yeah. Well, it brings to it brings greater strength to Palpatine's words in Revenge of the Sith when he tells Anakin, "You must unlock all the mysteries of the force, not just the dogmatic teaching, the narrow minded dogmatic teaching of the Jedi. You must learn all of it. And there is a danger to that. We saw it in this in just the opening two hours. We saw the danger and how it yes. was influenced Dooku. But there's also another argument to that. And I, I was team Kastana. I'm on board her side because. You, first off, I just love them creating conflict and the the opposition of ideology. You know, one set of Jedi think this is what you should do. The Jedi Council obviously are of one mind and they say we should lock it away. No one should read it. It is far too dangerous. And these people are not strong enough to learn what's in those books and those artifacts. And you know what? There is an argument to be made. Yes. I mean, Yoda could probably read them and nothing would happen to him because he's powerful enough to resist the seduction. So there there are there is validity to Yoda's decisions in the Jedi Council. But then Kastana forms a great argument. Should this be locked away or should we learn about them so that we can defeat them? We should be prepared. We need to know everything we can about the Sith. And I thought that that was brilliant in that Kevin Scott did was like he was able to actually the whole time in Star Wars as fans, we always say it's light side, dark side, right. Sith, Jedi and everyone says, well, the Sith are evil, you know, (laughs) you know, screaming like Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith. The Emperor is evil. (laughs) You're supposed to save us. And everyone kind of sees that it's either light side or dark side. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Scott was able to say, but there's more to it than that. Life is complicated. Life is complicated. I love bringing complicated scenarios to Star Wars because it is in black and white. And to see Kevin craft this story in such a complicated way that makes sense. I mean, how many times do we go? How many times do we hear, Dave? If you forget your past, you're doomed Doomed to repeat repeat it. it. Yeah. So why would a smart person lock away knowledge and forget about it and pretend it never existed? You run the risk of repeating it. And sure enough, look what happened. 
they were not prepared, and Palpatine took the entire galaxy by storm. Yeah. And destroyed the Jedi. That's why and it's it, an interesting argument, because I know you said you're like Team Costana. By the end of this, she, she makes a really valid argument. Yeah, well, yeah. But it, on the other side, I'm actually still Team Yoda. I still feel, if it's something that makes you fearful, it's probably something that you should respect and probably keep away from yourself. Well, respect it, but you have to learn. You must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> hey, listen, if I was a Jedi, he, J- Yoda would have difficult time with me because I would use all his words against him. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be like, going, oh, no, yeah, I, listen, no, I, I'm, oh. I'm a I'm a I should have been a lawyer. Like, How many times have I said this? You know, my my exes have told me this. My mom have told me that has told me this. Like, Mike, you don't know how to you, you don't know how to lose an argument. You convince us. That's why we don't argue with you, because you actually convince us. Like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm the emperor. I would be the 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 best Jedi ever because I'd convince everybody. I'm like, listen, like, who's really right here? <laughs> I mean, really let's be honest. Right here. I think I'd be Palpatine. Maybe I'm the manipulator. Yeah, you'd be the manipulator. That's what I said. You'd be the manipulator. <laughs> He's a. You can even learn to cheat life <laughs> and save the ones you from, love from dying. <laughs> from dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. I love it. Uh, so all of it worked really well for me, this opening half. And, yes. and to see um, to see Ventress' eyes open and realize, it says a lot about her, too, backtracking just a bit. But she sees Dooku and his manipulation. And she questions, she's all, because he's the one who gave her access to these videos. Yes. And she questions, why would my master want me to see him in such a diminished way? Because she she loathes this version of Dooku, this little optimistic kid who's arrogant. She makes fun of him while she's watching the videos. And she questions, like, why did he let me see this? Yes. And you realize, you know, at least we do. We realize that he's just twisting her mind. He's manipulating her. For his own will. And I, it's just so good. They stay true to Star Wars. They stay true to Lucasfilm's vision. They stay true to how the Sith has been conveyed to us for years. Um, I felt like everything was very consistent. And when it comes to elements of mythology, Dave, let's tackle that a bit, okay? Okay. We have said that it's so easy to expand the world of Star Wars. It doesn't take a long time, just a few moments. Um, and I always point at that one moment in Revenge of the Sith at the opera, the opera scene, the opera scene where Palpatine's talking to Anakin. It's a three minute scene and he talks about his master, Plagueis. Have you heard of the story of Plagueis the Wise? And he tells him about. Essentially him killing his master, right? Yes. Well, that moment did so much for the world of Star Wars. It gave us a a peek behind the curtain in Palpatine's life. We learn about him before the conclusion of this movie. And I always say, you know, all we need is something like that in one of our new movies. Just like a little scene will do wonders for the world of Star Wars, for the the world building aspect or the mythology. And the opening two hours, Dave, again, just the opening two hours. They do this repeatedly, mm-hmm. just with little phrases they drop on us, explanations, definitions. Uh, one that really stood out for me was 
the necrotic queen <laughs> that liberated yes. an entire solar system. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me? A, necro- a necrotic queen? I mean, is it, what, a zombie? A, a death queen? Uh, wh- what is this? It immediately creates intrigue and interest. Yes. And I want to know more. Yeah, I love that scene. When they were actually talking about the the bus that they keep in the Jedi temple. Yeah. And each each one, they, they ask, why are these bus here? And Yoda makes the comment, they're supposed to be reminders of what uh, fallen uh, Jedi is. And I'm like going, huh, this is interesting. And then they bring up the necrotic queen and everything else. And I'm like going, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. This is nice. And they do that a lot throughout the entire. I keep saying book, but radio play yeah, the radio. entire story. They do this and I don't want to get into all of it. Cause I don't want anyone who has not listened to this yet. I don't want to spoil it for them. Uh, so go back. I'll, maybe we'll go and do a, a final discussion on all the little worth all the spoilers and everything. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for it because this is something that's very easily ruined because yeah. like you, you off air, you were telling me like, I'm, I love to ruin good things. You do Dave. You this do. one's really easy to ruin because like, it's an audio. Look play. at you all joyful about it too. Like yeah. this one's really easy to destroy. <laughs> I can, you. I can tell you guys, I can spoil everything by giving you just a little bit of a detail, but it, I, you it's know what? Really I, if, difficult. You, if you did that, Dave, I would condone our listeners to, you know, if they wanted to like, I would condone them hunting you down. <laughs> to hunt me down. Right. Order six six on David. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We need to go to a very quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to jump into some more Dooku and how Kevin Scott really fleshed out his backstory and explained things that we have been wondering for a very very long time. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Yeah, they're not all 18, Mike. Oh, well, I don't look at them. (laughs) They're not all 18. No, I can tell when you're young. I don't, I'm not, I'm just not attractive to young women. Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. So I've been this is to- a man who's made a mistake recently. You can tell. <laughs> like the way he's like, believe me, you can't tell. Are the police listening right now? You can't tell. I swear to God. Now, you can usually tell, though. I mean, they have straight legs. Like, Dude. they don't have the curves yet. No, the thing is, you though, can usually tell, but in high body. school, they have weightlifting classes now for girls. Yeah. And, like, these three girls were all members of the weightlifting this class. This sounds like, trust me, man. Thomas. Yeah, this sounds like a guy <laughs> pleading, pleading his case right now. You don't know, Mike. You weren't there. <laughs> With the makeup, man, it's all a lie. They have weights, Michael. They have weights. Let me see what happened was. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just saying that it's misleading sometimes. Jesus. It can be misleading. Just, just stop now. Wow. wow. Jesus. When Tony says wow, that's it. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Uh, and we're looking at a character that you might have heard of called Lando. 
And he's only the coolest black brother around. I'm a badass in the galaxy. He's the coolest black man in the galaxy. He's probably the only one. Oh, no. He, he'll steal your bitch, your ride, and your clothes. <laughs> and your best friend will be cool with it. <laughs> Star Wars from the Back to Tank each and every month when you sign up to be a Patreon pledger. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month and you will gain access to more Star Wars from the Back to Tank discussions ranging from book reviews, comic book discussions, and additional topical breakdowns. News, updates, you name it, we do it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge it helps us keep the lights on in the studio. If you don't, we're gonna be living in rags like Ray. <laughs> free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. Plus... Free shipping! Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free to Star Wars from the back to tank. You can now receive live push notifications by texting RMD69 to 50597. I'm obviously a noob today, David. <laughs> Get those push notifications sent to your mobile device. Text RMD69 to 50597 and you will receive notifications whenever a live Rain Man digital show is about to go live. All right, Dave. Let's talk about Count Dooku. We learned about Dooku's uh, family lineage, which was nice. The meaning of his title being yes. from a noble house, which we, we all assume that with the, the very pretentious title of Count. Yes. But we get the name Count of Sereno. Sereno. Yep. Being his real title. Now, if memory serves, we did get that name before. I want to say in the Tarkin novel, which is in Blaze into my mind, 
Tarkin called Dooku by that title. And I remember because I was intrigued by the name. Yeah, because I think that was the first time we, we've ever heard the uh, the term Count of Sereno. Well, I did some research on that, Dave, just to to make sure there's some validity behind what I'm saying. And according to a couple different sites, some say that he was called the Count of Sereno in Attack of the Clones, not by name, but there was like some behind the scenes stuff that didn't make it on the movie, which I wouldn't be surprised with because a lot of people did say in his first appearance, yeah, it was very mysterious how they he shows up. And I believe you're right that basically there is the title first does appear in some behind the scenes stuff in Attack of the Clones. Okay, but we've never heard it on screen or in a book except Tarkin, I think. So I'll have to verify that, but I'm pretty sure. I do remember it was in Tarkin, and I remember it surprised me because I never heard it. stood out. It's no different than hearing Palpatine's first name, Sheev. Sheev. It just stands out because you've never heard it before. So we learn about the Serenos or the House of Sereno and their history, and they had... Gotta love it. They had a deep history with the Sith. According to legend, the planet was part of the Sith Empire. Yes. And Dooku's great, great, great grandfather apparently led the charge against the Sith. It's in his blood. (laughs) I mean, it just makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I love it. It really did the trick to help us understand Dooku a bit more. Um, Also just seeing when it comes to his story and understanding his fall to the dark side. uh, Yes. Arrogance is a, is a trait that's not very becoming, but it has to start somewhere. But you also realize that it's not really arrogance that destroyed him within these opening two hours. You get the idea that this is a, a kid also insecure who's insecure. Yes. And he hides his insecurity through like fake arrogance, fake arrogance. Yeah. And because they took him off his planet at an, uh, a later age, correct? Yes. Is that what it was? And it was Yoda who did it. Right. Yoda's the one who took him from his home planet. But you find out that the reason, the reason why they took him later in life is because he wasn't supposed to, I mean, everyone's supposed to be taken, but they didn't know of him, but his father yes. did not want him because of his abilities. And he asked the Jedi to take him from the planet and never bring him back. Now, Count Dooku never knew this story. He never heard of it before, but when they went back to that planet for, I believe, like it was like a festival. Yes. Like almost like a field trip for the, uh, for the Padawans. Yes. And he stumbled upon his siblings accidentally. And there was a connection there. There was a calling much like we saw with Luke and Leia. Yeah. It was like an, like a, a familiarity there instantly. And he followed her. He was intrigued. He chased her down. One thing leads to another. They get into an accident. Uh, they almost die and enters his father. And he realizes who this boy is. And he's furious. Dooku hears in person, the disdain his yeah. father has for him. What an awesome, I guess, origin story. I build emotional building blocks for a character that would 
rise above and then fall and then fall. And a lot of it, you can point right back to that moment. And a lot of, yes, I, and we're not covering all of it yet where there's so much more story, but if I had to pinpoint a moment where he truly went the other way because of something that happened, it's that moment. It's the rejection. It's the anger that yeah. he felt. It's the rejection. It's it's basically, it's almost like the opposite of what happens between Luke and Vader or Anakin. Right. Luke's love for Anakin, for his father, brought him back from the dark side. The hatred and disdain that Dooku's father had for him pushed him to the dark side. Right. It seemed to be the thing that actually fueled him and kept him angry and kept him focused. And obviously he already had some bad traits to begin with, but that doesn't mean he would have become a dark Lord of the Sith. Well, dude, it, 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 it's very relatable to anybody who probably comes from like that adopt uh, adoption background. Yeah. That's what I first thought of. Well, I, was, I could have been a Sith Lord too, Dave, because my father, I'm still waiting for him to come back. He told me he would be right back and he never <laughs> wow. came back. So um, maybe I could be a Sith Lord. Is it, maybe it's <laughs> you, not. Well, no, you said you were the great manipulator. So congratulations. You're a Sith Lord. All right. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, now I can be thankful to my dad. Like, thanks dad. So wait, you so gave me a, a cool origin story. Does that make me Sifo-Dyas and I'm going to go insane? Yeah. Oh, possibly. <laughs> You're definitely not Ventress. <laughs> definitely not Ventress. You got those hips, though, Dave. <laughs> so stupid. All right. So speaking of Ventress, let's fin- finalize this story with a little bit about her as well. Let's get back on topic here. They fleshed her st- story out even further within these opening two hours. We learn about her Jedi Master, which they did mention him before. I believe his name is Kai Narek. Yes. He has been introduced in Star Wars canon before. His first appearance was in a flashback in the 12th episode of the third season of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars television series, Night Sisters. Uh, He was also later mentioned with slightly more information given about him in the novel Dark Disciple, which we already know was adapted from... The eighth unaired episodes of uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars. So to use him, bring him back and uh, actually use his character in a very meaningful way uh, to kind of just fuel Ventress's resentment towards the Jedi. But one thing that I thought was really cool, Dave, is surprisingly long before Qui-Gon Jinn. Now, we're led to believe in Phantom Menace that Qui-Gon Jinn rediscovered the means to come back to life. Not, not Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. But it's in fact uh, Kai Narek as well, because after he died in an accident on uh, Rat Attack, which is where he found Ventress, came back. And I love it because it poses, it represents Ventress's moral ambiguity because she's not evil. She's not good. And she doesn't quite know what to do. In fact, in this story, it feels a lot like she's making decisions that are bad on purpose. Yeah. Because if she's doing it out of spite, right? It's not like, Hey, you know what? It comes naturally. And I'm just going to be bad because it comes naturally. 
Bad people don't think about doing bad. Bad people don't contemplate, well, should I do this? No, they just do it because they're bad. Ventress mulls everything over and she goes with the worst decision on purpose. She does it out of spite because of her anger towards the Jedi. The fact that she felt um, that she didn't uh, live up to Kyneric standards because he didn't take her to the temple before he died. And obviously there's reasons for that. But when you're angry and full of, you know, resentment, you're not going to think clearly. Well, the so thing to- I also liked about it was they, they showed that Ventress was a broken person before Kyneric. Oh, way before that. Yeah. Because like she's questioning whether Kyneric did the right thing, even yeah. freeing her from the slaver. Yeah. When automatically you're like, well, yeah, that is a good thing. He freed you from the slaver. But the, Really interesting part about like the whole thing with Ventress throughout the story is they really pose her as she was broken before she became who we knew in Clone Wars. She was a victim. She was a victim. And I don't want to say that in in the, you know, the very popular buzzwords of of social media. Oh, she's a victim. Why do you got to make your women victims? She's a victim because that's an interesting way to create this dynamic character that rises above. Yes. That's why it works for me. That's why it works for me because yeah. like to to Ventress, everyone has manipulated her to some degree, whether it's the Night Sisters, whether it's the I, I forgot the slaver's name that basically Kyneric saves her from. Yeah. But also the pirate. The pirate, but she also questions Kyneric's motive for actually doing it. Because, oh, what's your intentions what was your intentions yeah well she's very distrustful uh, distrustful and that makes a lot of sense and interestingly you see uh, you know that's those are the building blocks for who she becomes all of this yeah you start to see this weave of truths and lies that ultimately send ventures down the wrong path and you notice she that felt basically- betrayed and isolated for for the first two hours, I started noticing, wait a minute, she's distrusting everybody, but the more she's learning about Count Dooku, she's beginning to understand him and even trust him more than well, anybody. Well, sometimes trust comes in different forms. Yes. If you, you can, what's that saying? You can trust a liar to always lie. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. And I feel like she understood him and knew what he was doing. And because of that, that's why she chose him. So, it, dude, it's so good. It's so it, good. it's really good. But, you know, we're at the end of, of this discussion really fast, Dave, because we're closing in on that hour mark. Give me your final thoughts. Final thoughts on just the first part of this audio play. I love it. I, I was really, really worried that it might get a bit hokey, as I said in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. But I was very 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 happy how it started off it gave us it eased us back into the star wars universe not the skywalker storyline you know but it wanted to focus on trying to actually reintroduce us to outside Mm -hmm. you know it told us just like what you mentioned about the mythos about life in the jedi temple which is one thing i was so happy they showed which was life inside no, of the fi- Jedi. Fix the pop filters. Oh. That's all. Uh, life inside of the Jedi Temple. I really liked that. That they were able to actually show that and not, I don't know, not hokeyize it or not really downplay it and try to make it silly. They made it really palatable. So 
I encourage people, you guys got to go out there and listen, start listening to this because by the end of this, I assure you, you will love this audio play because I know I did. I had so much fun listening to the entire audio play that I've actually, by this time right now, I've listened to it about like four times now. Wow, Dave, you're obsessed. I'm obsessed because there's, dude, there's so much mythos that basically they opened, they kicked open Pandora's box and basically said, okay, here you go, fans, play with this for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's a fantastic story filled with everything that makes Star Wars great. Underdog characters, characters that rise above, characters that fail, uh, complicated emotional uh, internal conflicts. I mean, it's just this is a very, very deep story, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. So I urge everyone to check out Kevin Scott's Jedi Lost. If I hear from you guys, we will continue these discussions on the regular feed. If not, we will continue them via Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital. Also, uh, please check the show notes on your podcast app and uh, click our link. I'll put a link to a copy of Lost Jedi in the show notes so that you can click through that. And when you purchase that copy of Kevin Scott's audiobook, it'll help us at the same time. So I appreciate that. And thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. 